Hi, I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy with another Global Real Estate School podcast. Welcome to the broadcast. My name is John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy, and we are live in my backyard, <laughs> my side yard. I was going to go inside and do my YouTube live video, and I thought, hey, why not just go outside? It's a beautiful day. I'm out here by the pond, and I could just bring my information out here, and we could just do our live video streaming from right here by the uh, pond. So thanks for joining. Sunday afternoon, my goal in August is to try to do some type of real estate training every day to help those who are getting ready to take the real estate exam. And guess what? It doesn't matter what state you are in. If you're in Oregon, you're in Maine, many, many uh, Appalachians, Minnesota, uh, you can, it doesn't matter. You can watch this video and you're going to get some great information to help you uh, prepare for the real estate exam. So thanks for joining. Um, I'm, I'm using a book here and I just thought we'd go through agency. That's kind of what we've been talking about on the on the live streaming. And uh, this is a book I bought. Um, you know, I think any book you can find out there for real estate examination questions is always very good for you. This is Barron's. It's called Real Estate Licensing Exams. They have tons of questions. And so I think it's always good. Just, you know, look at what other books are out there. Look at other resources. I have lots of real estate questions at Global Real Estate School that you can check out there as well. So uh, we're going to look at a few questions on agency. I'll pull that up. But I'm going to talk to you a little bit specifically about this concept of agency. We were talking about it on the live streaming and a couple of key points that I, that I got through the other day is number one, you want to remember that listings, real estate listings, are between the broker and the client. It's kind of confusing because sometimes, you know, we, we have this in our mind that the salesperson actually goes out and gets the listing agreement, you know, gets the listing signed. You are going to pass your exam on the first attempt, mind you, especially if you're attending Global Real Estate School. That's our affirmation. That's our goal. Um, but you're going to pass your real estate exam. You're going to have somebody you know or maybe do not know and they want to sell their home. Congratulations for you. And you're going to list that house. You're going to go out with a listing agreement. You're going to take the room measurements probably do the photos, um, you know, visit with the people, negotiate the price, do the competitive or comparative market analysis. Um, you're going you're gonna to get that listing. It's your listing. However, even though you did all the work, you know the folks, you, you helped convince them to list with your agency versus someone else, that listing is still between the broker and the seller or the client, also called the principal. So we talked about that. Um, want to really stress that. They love to ask that question. And I think I told you about a question on the exam where they talk about 
an, an agent who's very good friends with uh, with a couple and this couple lists their home with the agent and you know they know this agent they're very good friends with the agent and then two days after the agent gets the listing the agent decides to leave the agency what happens to the listing agreement well when you read this scenario you almost feel like well gosh you know the seller needs to be able to take that i mean the the seller needs to be able to move the listing with the agent or the agent needs to be able to take that listing with them but that's not the correct answer correct answer is the listings are between who the broker and the seller so that listing stays right there so we talked about that we talked about um, you know kind of got into the fiduciary obligations of the agent care obedience accounting loyalty and disclosure when you enter into a listing agreement with a seller that is your employment contract it's another possible test question it's the way they like to word it what does a listing agreement actually serve as it's, it's your employment contract so and it's the employment contract is between who <laughs> it's between the that's right, the broker and the client, or the principal, the seller. And we understand that we talk about listing contracts, but if you enter into a buyer's agency agreement with a buyer, it's a buyer's agency agreement, serves the same purpose as, as we refer to as a listing agreement, except the buyer's agency agreement is to help the buyer find a piece of property, a specific piece of property. And so therefore, same thing, it's an employment contract, it's the agency contract between the buyer and between who? The broker. Okay, so we know that. I think you've got that down. Then we, we talked about what's this whole business when that employment contract is signed or that agency agreement or the listing contract or the buyer's contract. When that is signed, what is that do or create look creates a fiduciary obligation i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly i do jokingly say but it is true they took phonics out of school when i was a kid and i've been forever taunted i actually was pursuing a career in broadcasting and i remember one time true story uh, when i was a disc jockey right out of college and i said and that's james taylor up on a rough and Anyway, it's a roof. <laughs> so a fiduciary obligation, okay? The sun's coming in nice and bright now, but that's okay. I have my sunglasses on, and hopefully you're enjoying this with the pond behind, behind me and the sounds of birds and an occasional bullfrog from the pond. But a fiduciary obligation, and we learn the acronym COLD, C-O-A-L-D. An acronym means it's a word, and we can put each letter in that word, cold, to mean something. C for care. You owe due care when you get the listing or when you're working with a buyer. Um, you know, we have two lots here. It, and if you were listing our home, you would probably want to use due care to, first of all, find out 
would it be better for us to sell our home and one lot and sell the separate side lot uh, separately or would we better be better off to sell both of them together if you were a buyer's agent you would want to use due care to find out well hey is that pond over on part of the lot can you even use that lot next door or will there need to be some type of an easement crafted or drawn up see how you know you have to use care when you go out and take that listing you've got to double check everything triple check everything check for things you may not be thinking about if you're a buyer's agent you got to find out is that house priced adequately so some of the good things there to think about um, in that in that area of care the o remember the acronym is cold c-o-a-l-d cold obedience you have to be obedient to your client whether that's the seller or the buyer if they give you legal instructions you have to follow those and be obedient to those um, one of my clients on that property I just listed by the way that's I think what makes me a little unique than some real estate exam teachers out there is that I'm still in the trenches listing and selling real estate every day but a one of my recent clients wanted me to advertise his farm on social media I had to be obedient to that instruction it was a lawful legal instruction I had to obey that you have to be accountable you're going to come into contact with keys with important documents maybe a survey maybe a warranty deed maybe other papers maybe photographs you have to account for those as the as the agent it's a fiduciary obligation you have to be loyal which means you can't tell the other agent who might be a buyer's agent or the buyer if you're not in under any representation with them any information you have to be loyal to who to your client and you have to disclose if you know something you have to disclose it if the buyer's agent brings you an offer and says hey Sue um, here's an I know it's an offer I know it's a lower offer but listen my buyers really want this home they'll pay the full price if they have to you take the offer you sit down with your clients and you start going over it and your clients say well where do we sign and you for a moment say I don't know if I want to mention anything about them paying full price because that could mess everything up no you have to disclose you have to it's disclosure very important for you to do so care obedience accounting loyalty disclosure that's part of this fiduciary obligation that is created when you sign an employment contract whether it's between a buyer or a seller okay so then we got into this thing called implied agency or also called is why you need to know the terms come on I'm I'm waiting for someone out there I just heard it in West Virginia one of my students or a student in West Virginia said hey John I know the answer it's ostensible agency good job I don't know if it was West Virginia or not I'm just I'm just trying to have fun with you um, ostensible agencies OST and as I mentioned the other day 
you could fill in the blanks, but OST, ostensible agency. I'm a creative speller, okay? I don't even want to try to take a, a stab at that. But it's called an implied agency. It's agency by implication. In other words, your actions, through your actions, you create an agency. Now, I mentioned that years ago, I, I got my license in 1978 at the age of 18. And years ago, before buyer agency was really practiced, implied agency could come about quite often. I mean, that was before the internet and before name writers and people would see a sign or they'd come in your office, they'd bring a newspaper and, and, and you'd meet these people and you'd go out and show them houses and you would develop a relationship. You'd become friends with them and, uh, you know, all of a sudden you have this bond with them and you're showing a house that's in your office. One of the agents in your office has listed. So I'm showing this house to these people I've met and become friends with and bonded with. And, uh, and I know them real well. In fact, you know, I, I know a lot about them now because we've been in the car together and we've looked at 10 or 12 houses together and we've developed a friendship. And so we're friends. You know, I like them. And I'm showing a house over here that Carol has listed in my office. And Carol's very good friends with her clients or people that want to sell their home. Carol lists the house. Carol and I are in the same office and I have never had anything signed with these buyers as a buyer's agency. I'm just showing them houses. But who do I work for? I work for Carol's folks and my broker, right? I'm an agent for the sellers because Carol has an employment contract signed and a, a, a listing contract signed. But yet, I've never met Carol Sellers, and my buyers I know very well, and I bring a contract to Carol, and who am I really trying to go to bat for or pitch um, the best deal for? The buyers. Am I being very loyal to my clients, who are, by the way, Carol's sellers, remember? Even though she listed it, we're in the same office. Am I being very loyal to my clients? No. These buyers are not my clients. They're called a third party. I need to be honest and fair with them, but they've not signed an employment contract with me. They have not signed a buyer's agency agreement with me, so I need to be loyal to my sellers. However, through my actions, through my actions, I perhaps in the eyes of the court could have created what is called an ostensible agency, an agency by my actions. It's an implied agency. So that's where we kind of finished up at. We did talk about special agency and general agency. A special agency is what we, when you go out and get a listing agreement, that's a special agency, one specific purpose. I don't have any power of attorneys. Same thing with a buyer's agency agreement. It's a special agency. And again, agency employment contracts are between who? Broker and the client, not you, the salesperson. Just remember that. Had one of my friends the other day, one of my students and a friend, because he and I have talked quite a bit. He said, well, why do they put the uh, why do they put the agent's name in the MLS if it's not between that salesperson and the client? The answer is, le 
in the legal, the law says listings are between the broker and the client. So uh, it's a great question, but when you get a listing agreement, when you get a buyer's agency agreement, remember it's between the broker and the client and it's called a special agency agreement for a specific purpose, okay? We're gonna learn in contracts about unilateral and bilateral contracts, but you know, for our purposes, I want you to understand the specific purpose. Now, you, uh, we have general agency, property manager is a good example of that, kind of a limited power of attorney. And then we talked about universal agency, that is a full-blown power of attorney where you are taking care of all of the um, functions for the client. Normally that's court appointed, okay? Let's find a couple of questions and on agent from the book on, from this book on agency and we'll just go through a couple of these questions. And again, we're just having a little, um, Koi Pond chat. <laughs> Koi Pond exam chat. That's maybe what I could start saying, calling it, right? Uh, let's see. Here we go. 207. So should be able to find us some questions. Listing and buyer agency contracts. So I'm just going to, again, read some of these questions. We'll talk about them. It's from Barron's the uh, test prep for real estate licensing exams. You can buy it on Amazon, I'm sure, or Barnes and Noble. Um, order it, maybe even from them. Um, good, it's a good book. They, they've got some challenging questions here. And I'm a firm believer in taking as many questions as you can. So anyway, check out their book. I would recommend, highly recommend it that you purchase it. Hopefully they're okay with me talking about a few of their questions here and I'll try to change them up so we're not looking at word for word. Um, now this is a question you're going to probably see on the exam and it, it, it really the question is asking about collecting a commission. If you're going to collect a commission um, there's several things that we talk about in listing agreements in the chapter on agency at Global Real Estate School. But uh, the answer here is all of the above, and I'm going to tell you which, why, why it is all of the above. Because in order to collect a commission, first of all, you have to prove that you are licensed, okay? If you're going to try to collect a commission, you must be a licensed agent, okay? Secondly, you have to have a contract of employment. That's a listing contract, right? Or a buyer's agency contract. So they like to use the word employment contract. So you have to have a contract of employment and you have to be the cause of the sale. We talk about this in, in real estate contracts. You have to be what is called the procuring cause of sale. In other words, that sale came about because of some things you did you put you put a chain of events in action and because of that uh, there was a there was a person purchased the property 
So keep that in mind. You're going to see, a, I'm almost positive you'll see a question like that when you take your test. If you want to sue or collect a commission, you've got to be employed, okay? They may say all of the following except, uh, or all of the following are false except. Well, you'll learn this, but you've got to be licensed. You have to have an employment contract and you have to what? Be the procuring cause of the sale or what they say here is the cause of the sale, okay? It has to have happened because of you. Okay. Now, next question here. It's kind of interesting. Let's just change it up a little bit. Mary Jones, who's a broker, has the responsibility to Bob and Mary Smith, the owners, and this is regulated by A, the law of agency, B, the law of equity. There is no such law of, of, as equity, okay? Rendition superior, I've, I've never heard of that. Investiture, whatever that is. What's well, the law of agency? We've been talking about agency. So your responsibility of a broker falls under the law of agency. There are laws for agency that fall in there. Um, let's find another one here. Oh, here's one. A real estate listing usually creates a general agency, a private agency, a universal agency, or a special agency. A real estate listing agreement usually creates a special agency, right? General agency, limited power of attorney, property managers, good example of that, Universal agency, court-appointed, full power of attorney for every, all the matters of the person. Private agency have not heard of, so just throwing you off. Now, you're going to find some questions on the test that will be some softballs. You'll find some that they're going to really want you to apply the information. We'll probably come across one of these here in a minute. Um, let's see here. They're getting into some of those where we talk about open, exclusive agency and exclusive right to sell. So let's talk about those. Those kind of fall into the, um, the next chapter on listing agreements. But we'll talk about those and do another question or two and wrap it up for today. Just wanted to, again, do a quick video to cover some things. I'm, I'm, I want you, first of all, to be sure and like subscribe to the YouTube channel because I need to get as many subscribers as I can. And I, I, my goal is to just keep pushing out as much material as I can so I can really crank up my subscriber list. I'd love to get to 100,000 subscribers by the end of the year, and I'm only at 100. But we can do that, okay? I believe that. So 
Uh, so I'm just going to wrap up with a few more little things here. Um, let's talk about listing agreements very quickly. Open listing agreement. An open listing agreement is when a broker gives, or pardon me, a, a seller gives a listing to more than one broker. So if I'm the seller and I gave you, Mary, an open listing, and you, Greg, an open listing, and you, Susan, an open listing, you all have the opportunity to sell my house. I've, I've given three of you an open listing, and what that says is whoever sells the property gets the commission. So if Greg sells it, Greg keeps the commission. If I sell it, I don't pay anybody a commission. See that? Open listing agreement. Now, it's the least attractive type of listing agreement to have because, and, it, and it provides you the greatest risk. Why? Because you could put a lot of marketing efforts out. You could spend a lot of money trying to promote this property and someone else could sell it and you are out you know, you're out a lot of money and you get to collect zero. Now, normally the MLS will not even allow you to put an open listing in your MLS. It just doesn't happen. Exclusive agency, it's a step up from an open listing and it protects you a little bit more because it's uh, because I'm saying to you, Greg, hey, Greg, I'll give you the exclusive agency listing and regardless if any other broker sells it, I'll pay you a commission, Greg, then you can divvy it up with the other folks as you see fit. However, Greg, if I sell it on my own, I don't owe you any commission, okay? Still not a good listing to take. Now, why is that not a good listing to take? Because here's what happens. Greg tells somebody, they're like, yeah, we're, we're looking for this type home. And Greg says, I got just the perfect home. And they've even got a koi pond on the side of their house. Go over, check it out. And so, so these people want to drive by first. Most buyers want to drive by the neighborhood first. The buyers come driving by. I'm out cutting my grass in the front yard. And these people are driving real slow. And I've even got a for sale by owner sign on my yard, in my yard. They pull up and stop and they say, yeah. How much are you asking for your house? And I tell them, you know, I'm asking this much money. And they kind of look funny. And I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with that? And they said, well, we just talked to Greg. And he told us it was listed for like $25,000 more than that. Greg's got to collect his commission, right? And I say to the people, oh, I've got one of their, one of those listings where I can sell it on my own and not have to pay Greg a commission. You see why that's not a good listing to take? That could happen to you very easily. And here's the script for that. Somebody says to you, uh, well, John, we want to give you an open listing or we'll give you an exclusive agency listing agreement. You just say, look, I've got 10 or six or three other people who've committed to me with an exclusive right to sell listing, which is what we're going to talk about next. And I need to, to work hard for them. In fact, it's not, it's not fair to those people who gave you an exclusive right to sell listing that you're out trying to work for somebody else. So it's not a very good listing to take. 
So an exclusive right to sell listing is what you want to get. And what it says is, doesn't matter who sells it, whether it's the owner, another broker, whoever, you, Greg, will collect the commission. So three types of listing agreements. We have an open listing, it's the least attractive. Whoever sells it keeps the commission. If another broker sells it, they get paid a commission. If the owner sells it, they don't have to pay any of the brokers a commission. Then you have an exclusive agency listing, a little bit better because if, if another broker sells it, you get paid your commission. You can then split whatever you deem, you know, commissions are negotiable that we'll talk about here on our next episode. A uh, little bit better protection, however, the seller still has a right to sell it on their own and not pay you a commission. So exclusive agencies, still not a great listing to take. The best type of listing you can take is called a, an exclusive right to sell. Why is it the best? Because it doesn't, doesn't matter who sells it, whether you sell it, the seller sells it, you're gonna, someone else sells it, another broker, you get paid your commission, okay? That, they're gonna ask you a question about that on the test. One of those types. And it's easy, you know, if the seller has the right to not pay a commission, it's either an open or an exclusive agency. If the seller sells it and he's bound to pay a commission, it's an exclusive right to sell. And then there's this thing called a net listing. A net listing is when the seller says to you, um, hey, Greg, look, I just want $300,000. Anything you can get above $300,000, you can keep. That's called a net listing. And those are illegal in many states. In most states, they require you, it's part of the law, to have a set commission rate. Now we're gonna study that commissions are negotiable. You can't price fix. But most states do require you to put some type of compensation or commission rate on there. Commissions are negotiable. You could do a deal for $100, you could charge 10%. You could say, I'm not touching anything unless I get paid 10 grand or 20 grand. Commissions are negotiable. Net listing, it's what is over and above what the seller would like to take away at the closing. Uh, you can't do that. You have to have a specified commission rate. And then we also talked a little bit the other day, and I want to kind of reiterate today, most states do require that you have an expiration date for your listing agreement. The, when you take a listing, it has to have an expiration date. All right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, little recap of agency and a few questions we talked about and the koi pond and the birds and I've heard a dog and a loud car and several bullfrogs. Well, there we go. Uh, the bullfrogs enjoyed it. So there are squirrels over here and Somebody's walking their dog down the road right in front of me. But thanks for watching. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'd love to have you. We're going to be doing more YouTubes each and every day. And uh, check us out at globalrealestateschool.com. We've got lots of great things and resources there for you. If you're 
taking your real estate exam, it doesn't matter what state you're in, it's globalrealestateschool.com. Thanks for watching. Hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Global Real Estate School. I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy. Go out and make it a great day.